America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's And it is 2100 Eastern Time. You know what that means here on a Thursday. The Thursday coming in between Christmas, of course, and going into the new year. And, of course, we're live here from the G-Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina, sitting here at the bar. Uh, in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern. Drinks, of course, are you call it. It is BYOB. Bring your own booze. And uh, tonight I am enjoying a wonderful, wonderful 14-year-old Balvini Caribbean cask. Uh, it is quite delicious. And, uh, man, you know, this, this is one I've been enjoying for a little bit of time now. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I uh, I love it. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. So I think it's probably the one of my favorite expressions of the Balvini line. Now that we've kind of set the tone for the evening, a little bit of scotch snobbery, uh, if there is such a thing. We're going to be breaking down a couple of stories that I had intended on doing, uh, the first one of which I had intended on doing a solo podcast. Uh, earlier in the week, and it just did not work out that way. Um, the store has been just wild. Um, Brushbeater.store has has really been off the hook, and so I am trying to stay on top of all of that. Time is very, very limited on my end. Um, so I'm trying to stay on top of uh, juggling chainsaws, literally keeping the shipping times uh, down to just a few days to get you the products that you ordered. Um, and uh, something that we've been uh, greatly commended for uh, since the uh, launching of the store. And so we're closing out 2023, um, posting a huge, 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 huge year in sales. And, um, just it, it, all I can say is thank you. Um, we do have a sale going on right now. The after Christmas sale, all discounts on products are applied at checkout. So there are some things that are marked down right now. Some of the logo gear is marked down. Some of the t-shirts are marked down. Uh, the stop communism in America shirt is marked down quite a bit right now so definitely take advantage of it um but uh anyhow that is going to be going on through new year's eve 
and then we're going to have another sale going into the new year. So I'm uh, not going to be releasing details on that sale just yet, uh, but it is going to be one that you're definitely going to want to take advantage of. I think 2024 is going to be a, a pretty crazy year. I think, um, you know, we're, we're going to be diving into some of those predictions tonight and kind of uh, where we see the world headed. You know, there, there's definitely some, some, uh, historic uh, things that are going to happen, that are unfolding right now. Um, and they're deeply concerning, but of course we know that these things certainly have to come to pass if, if there's going to be any hope whatsoever of getting our country back on the right track. Um, and of course, a lot of that depends on you. It depends on you being prepared. It depends on you being well-trained. It depends on how seriously you're taking it. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this, and this is just my, um, this is me speaking from the heart as, as you know, I always do longtime listeners know that there's, there's no filter here, but, um, and it damn sure isn't any script, but if you're one of the people who sits on a couch, who is a you know a passerby on social media, you like, share, subscribe, right? You're that that crowd. And look, I'm not demeaning those people, but it it is long, long, long past time for you to put up or shut up. If if you're sitting on the sidelines, Right. If you're sitting on the sidelines and you're stepping back and you're saying, well, somebody else is going to do it for me. Well, this is just something that, you know, we're, we're going to see unfold. I'm telling you, the revolution is not going to be televised. Right. Go back and look up the, the meaning of that term. It's a thing. OK, it's a thing. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, the revolution is not going to be on social media. OK, it's happening before your very eyes. It's happening right now. People are 100 percent taking action. All right. So it's not people on the right. It's people on the left and they're doing it and they've been doing it. All right. Where's your pushback? And if you're one of those people that gets on social media, you just want to scream at the sky. You get in the comments sections of different things. You want to scream at the sky. Oh, oh who's doing anything? With well, what are you doing? That's the question that I'm asking you. And it's a rhetorical question. Please don't email me your answers. I don't care if I haven't said, I'm going to be blunt too. If I haven't seen you in class, I really don't care. Um, you know, it, 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 I'm sorry. And, and I don't say that to be, um, mean or condescending to anyone. I hope that you're doing the best that you can going into this year, but I only have so much, so many hours that I can dedicate to, to, you know, it, and, and to worrying about the, the goings on of others. And, and if I haven't seen you in class, you haven't come out and trained, I don't, you know, I'm sorry. I've had those people over the years who've, you know, emailed me a bunch of times, asked me all the questions, treat me like I'm, I'm some sort of public utility. And I've been kind enough to offer them what I can, right? But it begins to, to get to the point where you, when you're man, starting to monopolize somebody's time and you're doing it, they're, they're answering you for free. You know, that's not, uh, that, that ain't going to get it. And so, yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of at that point. 
right? And so when I see somebody in class and I, I see that they're putting forth that effort, man, I bend over backwards, right? Because they're they're at least putting forth that effort. But if it's somebody out on social media just running their trap, you know, in a comment section running their trap, and they've they've never put any skin in the game, they're not really doing anything, they're just running their mouth. I look at that like that's just some old drunk at the bar who's who's never really done anything. That's why he's there. Nobody gives a damn what his opinion is on much of anything. That's why he's he's running his mouth to anybody that'll hear him. And I personally I don't have any time for it. Uh so, you know, and and that goes for a lot of things. It goes for a lot of social media influencers too. I, I'm sorry. I people ask me all the time, Are you seen this, you seen that video? No. Nah. Especially when it comes to the gun community, I don't care. There's there's nothing new under the sun. I don't care. Um, how many AR fifteens can you look at? You know, I mean, how many AKs can you look at? How many handguns can you look at? I mean, it, it, you'll, you'll figure it out at some point, or maybe you won't, maybe you won't. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole in here, but, um, anyway, the, the world is, is quickly spinning out of control and it is, you know, this is, we're entering a, a very dark time, very historic time, very dark time, but it's also a very bright time where a lot of opportunities are, are going to open up. And it, it relies on you actually meeting in the middle and, and, and rising to the occasion and standing up and being counted. You know, don't, don't just let somebody else speak for you. Stand up, you know, it, and I promise you it's going to matter. All you have to do to get your voice to be heard is to keep doing it. You know, when I started this podcast, I thought it was really cool that I had 20 downloads. Very first episode, I had 20 downloads. Then I got 200 downloads. And I was like, man, 200 people downloaded the show? This is crazy. You know, and then all of a sudden, I was getting thousands of downloads. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm ranked up there with nationally syndicated shows. And it's like, dude, this is crazy. You know? And all, all I had to do to do that was to show up, give you something that is worth your time. That That's a big part of it, too. Actually bring something to the table. That's the other part of it. You know, you, you know what your worth is and, and know what it isn't, too. Don't overvalue yourself, just like not undervaluing yourself. You know, and, and, and work. Be willing to work your ass off. Be willing to work your ass off. And and I promise you, you're going to make it. Somebody is going to see you. Somebody is going to give you that break. I promise it's going to be there and it will happen for you. I mean, you know, look at look at some of the people around this podcast. Some of the people who who have uh, who, who've been in here, you know, they buckled down, wrote the books. They made the videos. They put out the content. For good or bad, warts and all, right? It's the man in the arena, just as, as Teddy Roosevelt said. And so you got to stand up and make it count, you know. And and um, all you have to do to let these bastards prevail is for you to sit back and just wait on somebody to do something. Oh, somebody else will do something. Why doesn't somebody do something? All right, we hear that a lot on the internet. Well, damn it, we are doing something. Come join me. The training schedule is up. 
training schedule is up. Brushfeeder.store for the majority of 2024. Those dates are in stone, folks. That's set in stone. You notice that I'm going to be in Montana. I'm going to run two back-to-back classes out there. Going to be in Wyoming in the summer, right? So Montana, the end of April. Wyoming in June. Uh, so this will be the fifth year, I think, that I've been uh, headed out there. And we're going to be running classes in Missouri. And I've already got people signing up. That's where I'm traveling. You know, you'll notice I've had several people who have emailed me um, on, you know, my actual store email account, the business email account. Hey, why is the two to note email account? Why everything's getting kicked back? Yeah, because I shut that one down. Um, that was just too much. It, it was I, I couldn't keep up with it. There were too many people who were. Uh, saying, you know, hey, we want you to come here when you come there and, you know, and you email them back. And it's like, well, it's it's me, my dog and my neighbor. Like, look, you know, I'm sorry, but you are going to have to make the trek to one of the classes that are on the calendar or not or not. Um, either you do or you don't. But that's it. And, and something that I was touching on in the last episode is, is that a lot of people don't know exactly and, and will never know exactly how taxing that is on you to pick up and go somewhere that is completely foreign. You, you've never had eyes on, you know, where you're going. You know, that's time away from my family. That's time away from things that I'm doing from writing books to, um, you know, all running my store, being a father, being a husband and coming out. And if it's, you know, and there's a couple of factors there. If, the course venue is not up to par, then the other students, if I make this an open enrollment course, the other students aren't getting the training value, you know, and, and that's just not good for anybody. Right. And the other thing is, is that, you know, it, it just, I'm sorry, individually folks, you, you either make the sacrifice, come to a class or you don't, you know, and, and, and that's that, you know, and, and, and I'm sorry, again, I'm not a public utility. Um, I've had to get excessively short with some people recently in emails and over emails. And that's because, Hey, you know, don't talk to me like I'm your stepmom. You know, I, I'm not here to, I, I exist. I run a business that is structured around teaching people skills, right? For communications, for small unit tactics, for intelligence collection, building products, right? And in, in, in the, specifically in the realm of signals, right? Teaching people firearms handling skills. But I'm sorry, I don't have the time to sit there and answer like no shit, 170 emails a day of people asking me their individual question that usually always boil down to this. Hey, I uh, bought your book or maybe I was thinking the, the ones I really like, I was thinking about buying your book. And I just don't have time to read it. Here's my laundry list of questions that I have about, you know, Balfangs or HF radio or like whatever, you know, whatever, pick your topic. Folks, you know, I'm sorry, go to Lowe's, buy a hammer and ask them to teach you how to be a carpenter and see what happens. It's, it's the same thing. All right. I'm one guy. All right. So seriously. 
this isn't me bitching. This is just me pointing something out going into the new year. Um, that, you know, I'm not a public utility. None of these guys in the training world are public utilities. All right, none of them are. We run a business. We run businesses, our own respective businesses, and that business is teaching you. So if you value the knowledge, you will come to class. If you value that and you want to learn more, that's what you're going to do. And it's, that, that's, you know, that comes from me doing this full time since 2018. I've been teaching classes since 2016. I've been full time since 2018. And, you know, so this is, this is my sixth year of doing this full time. And I'm telling you, when I'm having to turn away people from class, right, which is about to happen for this upcoming course in January, I'm about to have to turn a, a couple of people away because I literally have two more slots and I have several people that just emailed me before we went live on the show trying to get into it, seeing if, if there's still open slots. So my point there is, is that, and, and that was part of the reason that I put up the other classes today. But the, but what I'm, I'm telling you is, is that when I have classes that, that are literally full, like literally, like, like the building is actually at capacity. I don't have any more chairs, right? I couldn't, couldn't comfortably fit and accommodate anybody else in that class. And a lot of you out there that have trained with me know exactly what I'm saying, because sometimes the class size gets almost too big to manage, right? Those are people who take their training and their future in this country seriously. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out there that do, you know, so if you're sitting back and you're saying, hey, you know, man, I don't really know about this whole training thing. There might be suspicious people there or whatever. Like, hey, you know, um, because I and, and I point that out because I get that question. I used to get that question a lot more than I do now, thankfully. But it's, it's just like this. You, you volunteer the information that you want the world to know. You know, and, and that's that, um, you know, I'm a hundred percent confidential. You, you know, you, you, you can take that or leave it. Uh, but if you are serious about what you're doing, you are going to seek professional training or you will reap the reward. You know, it, it's, it's simply that. And, um, you know, I, I can speak for myself, you know, my background, my life experience, what I bring to the table, um, what I have done in my past. And, you know, I can teach you from that perspective. And I really think that you, you know, you, you might want to put a value on that, but, um, you know, that's why I sell best selling or I write best selling books. Uh, Gorilla's Guide to Balfang Radio is still number one bestseller, still. Uh, so it's over a year and number one, pretty crazy. Um, never, ever thought that that was going to be uh, what it has become, but it, it's been really something. It's this community that's that's done it uh, with just just over 40,000 copies sold of that book alone. Uh, it's pretty, pretty outstanding. Uh, so anyhow, moving on here, we're going to be talking about uh, the World Health Organization and their aims going towards and as we move towards 2030 uh, with a meat ban. We're going to be deep diving into that. And of course, the big news going into the show tonight, the state of Maine, uh, the secretary of state in Maine, who is a Biden 
uh, confidant. And we've got some some pretty serious evidence of that that is coming out now has removed Trump from the ballot unilaterally moved uh, removed the former president from the ballot, declaring him ineligible to run in 2024 due to the 14th Amendment, despite the fact it is a fact that he has not been convicted of any crime. Um, that would disqualify him under the 14th Amendment. Uh, so anyway, going to be a good show tonight as we're waiting for some of the other uh, compatriots to come in. Of course, I am joined by the one, the only, the man chock full of tactical wisdom and a stunt double for Vincent D'Onofrio himself, Mr. Joe Dolio. <laughs> I knew What's you were going to throw that in there at some point, right? The D'Onofrio of thing. Of course. Oh, that's sad, man. That's sad. Um, D'Onofrio is my stunt double. Let's just be honest here. Although True. my performance Facts. in boot camp very early was very, uh, very D'Onofrio-like when I when I first got there. I was uh, <laughs> I was sort of a private pile. Oh no, no, no. There's no, no, but I ended up setting life? a record on the on the O course, so I turned it around on my own. I didn't need a blanket oh, party or awesome. anything like that. You so. didn't know you left from your right. I think that was why they were the most mad at him, because he he just kept getting them. <laughs> well, I might have had some difficulty them. turning under commands under pressure, right? <laughs> oh, man, we all got them stories, so, though. We all got them stories. You know, man. I just want to second everything you said about. Hey, get out and train. And, and seriously, all of these emails and calls and, and, and DMs we get asking for free consulting. Listen, uh, we love to help, but there's a limit. There's just a couple of us, right? And there's hundreds of you. And if we seem like we're short with you, listen, that's because like a million people keep asking us questions about stuff that, quite frankly, if you wanted to learn it, you'd have come to a class and learned it. So yeah. Um, well, no, nah, it's that, that, like, that's where we are. We're getting down to the wire where you got to train, man. It's, I mean, it's it's like last night. Last night, um, someone passed me. Uh, they forwarded me an email because the the two to nota email this guy kept trying to send had bounced back, so he emailed another guy. Right, dude forwards it over, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This the person in question knew my business email account right they, they knew my domain email account so they didn't they didn't contact me there they didn't even attempt to contact me there which is that's strike number one like okay this, this is lazy you're being lazy um and and i don't like that second it was a one word or, or one line question hey how do i unlock this bow thing and i'm like all right uh all right. Problem. Problem number one here is, you know, you're you're asking me about a product that obviously I do not sell. Um, the the Balfang radios that I have in Rushpeter.store are unlocked. There's no they, like they're they're not restricted to the the uh, ham radio frequencies only. So you're asking me that would be like going to the Toyota dealership and saying, hey, my Ford is messed up, you know, will you honor the warranty? No, um, no, 
you, you know, no, I, you know what? I'll be sure to do that. Why don't you trade that in? I'll put you in in a Toyota and, you know, then I'll honor a warranty on it. Like that, that's how it works, man. Um, so that was annoying. The second thing that was annoying about it was, is dude, you can, it, you can just Google, Google this. Like you can, you can literally just search this, like just, just type it in again. Yeah. This is like literally on YouTube's front page every day. It's, it takes two seconds to find. So and it, it's also in my book. <laughs> like it's in the book, man. It's. It's in there. I'm pretty sure that I had it in bold in there. Like, That's I don't what have I was going to say. In front of me. It's in the fucking book. Like, so <laughs> you're, what you're telling me by this email is, is that number one, you didn't take the time to even send it to the proper address, but you did search out someone else to forward it to, which that ticks me off too. And then you're going to, you're, you're going to ask me about a product that I didn't even offer. Like, Dude, I, they, and and then you didn't take the time to read the book, you know, and, and maybe annotate where useful tidbits of information like that might be. Um, I, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just like, nah, nah man. I, I was just, I, I told the, the uh, intermediary in question, um, don't forward me these things anymore. Just don't forward them anymore. To tell the guy to go read the book, and that's like just no. That's what anyway, I do. Yeah, yeah that's I a mean, good. I, that's a good plan. Hey, by the I way, um, at the risk of sounding like an asshole, I'm not. I'm not trying. Dude, I've told to sound so like many an people asshole, that but, they they message me on Twitter and shit, and I'm like, bro, my man Scout literally wrote a whole book on this, and it just it just spells it out. Just read the book, and you'll be fine. And they're like, it's oh, but that, I don't have time. It's not that expensive of a book. I ain't got time to do that. Why well, ain't got that time to, to answer your fucking question? You don't have to read the whole thing through. If you got one question, you got it in chapters. It's easy I to mean, pick stuff out. Dude, do you, do you go to a lawyer's office and be like, hey, man, I need for you to help me? And they're going to be like, oh, it's it's between 250 and 500 an hour. Like that's that's the way it's gonna be, you know. Oh well, uh, you know, go to a doctor's office. Be like, hey man, you know, like like my foot's hurting. Okay, well this is how much it's gonna cost. Like, dude, I mean that that's just people. It, you you get to the point where you're fed up. Yeah. The other like, one is the people who say. You should guys should offer a, a package deal for your books and clay books or your books and, nah. and Matt's books. I'm like, nah. nah. You, you don't ask the mechanic to 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 work with the doctor to give you half off your knee surgery because you got a muffler nah. done. Nah, man. Like like if you're doing some sort of like, you know, giveaway, like gift, you know, promotional kind of thing, which which I've participated in those. Um uh affinity designs on twitter does this custom knife handles and stuff really high quality work i've definitely like I, i've donated a bunch of books to him uh em burlingame sent him a bunch of books to to uh send out for holidays um you know it, it, it's like that's that's one thing but asking somebody like hey i want to buy all these like this block of authors together i want to buy all of your books but you will give me a discount. No, that's not how it works, man. Like it's not, 
um, go. Why don't you go to Amazon and tell them that? And see what they say. Like they're not gonna say they're not gonna give you the time of day. They're gonna be like, oh, okay, this is frequently bought together. Shit. Here you go. You know, like, like that's the way it works. It, it's. I, I mean. We're starting you know, we, to, we wouldn't come to your place of work and expect you to do work for me for free, right? Or for a lower price. Um, this is how we pay our bills. Sorry, but that's just yeah. a fact of life. Um, what, dude, but on that note, that. since you mentioned training schedule, you see, I actually have a training schedule up now. I, I do. I do. I, I was, I, I, I am, I'm very excited to see you finally make the leap and set these dates in stone and, and, you know, you're, you're kind of <clears throat> watching you. Um, when we first met, when, when you were in class in Michigan and we, we first linked up, you know, you were, you were kind of that, that part-time of like, you know, I'll run one class here and like this one day deal doing this. And that was very much the, where I was in like 2016. Because people were just asking me for stuff. I wasn't like, I had a whole other job. I had, you know, I had everything else going on and, um, wasn't, you know, I wasn't intending on getting into none of this stuff, man. And, and then it just happened. And, and when it did, it was, it was the greatest thing that I, I think that I could have done with my life. Um, it has been so incredibly liberating. And so to see you jumping into the ring, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and I took that uh, opportunity to make that first one so that if folks wanted to come to Montana, catch both of your classes and mine, you can do it all in a in about a week and two days, right? Try to make it so it was easy. And then uh, I'm just going to be scheduling out the rest of the year. I'll be talking with the guys at Ready-Made Resources about their facility and a few other places. We'll, we'll flesh out the rest of the schedule, but the first one is on the books, and we're going to make some stuff happen. So, Yeah, man. Wow. My place is always open to you too. You know that, so made it, and you know your way around here pretty well. So yeah, I think we'll probably uh, talk about that when I'm down there for this. Uh, I hear there's an RTO course coming up, and that I might pass through there during it. So a couple weeks, we got a couple weeks, man. So um, it's gonna be a uh, couple weeks for RTO. Uh, I think it starts on the ninth starts on January 9th. And again, you know, I've got, I got two, literally two slots left in that class. I had one and then one person unfortunately had to back out. Um, Hey, it happens. Uh, but that, that gives us room for two more. So, you know, it, and, and by the way, I'm going to throw out there that, uh, something I've been saying the past few podcasts is this is the last time that I'm going to be doing RTO, advanced RTO, and signals intelligence all together at one time. Um, you will see on the training calendar going into the year, RTO and advanced RTO together. You will see uh, RTO and signals intelligence together at different places. But um, they, I, I, I am moving everything to an extended model. So we're doing three-day classes. Um going uh, into the year after January and I already had January on the calendar for a while now. Um, but going into a three day course, I think 
is going to be a lot easier on everybody. It's not going to quite be like drinking from a fire hose. Um, kind of played with it a couple of times this year when I was at Ready Made Resources back in May. Uh, we did the, the first RTO three-day course, and the students responded extremely well to it. And uh, we did the first three-day signals intelligence course out in Missouri. And again, same results. Everybody, I felt like the students came away um, a little bit better off, I think. Um, you know, you, you, you're exposed to a single topic, but we stay on a single topic a lot longer. And so it, it's, um, it's easier for me to, I feel like, uh, for the, um, I'm not having to rush through the material. I can get more interactive time with the students and give you more trigger time with the uh, with the practical exercises as well. We can run a lot longer with them. And so everybody is getting those reps in um, versus constantly being pressured for for time limitations. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and I'm telling y'all six days, three compressing three large courses into six days is pretty rough. Um, I think it's a it's a screaming deal for you know getting getting that base of knowledge built and you you know obviously you come away with with a lot because I've been running classes that way for a long time now but um, and, and I've been doing that for you know a lot of reasons it's mostly just because it was originally it was by request and and that made it uh, fiscally easier on me to travel places if I was teaching uh, three classes all together over six days time. Like that, that just makes more sense business wise. But um, anyway, it, if, if we go to a three day model, which, which we're doing, that's going to be better for everybody. I think that that way I'm not sitting there um, at the end of the day every day because those days just fly by and here we are, you know, it's 1630. We're coming up on 1700 and I don't feel like we've got through the material to the degree and, and got those practical exercises in to the degree that I want them to be done. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of how I see it. But, uh, anyway, it, I, I'm real excited for, for, uh, the future and where this is headed. And, um, you know, anyway, January is going to be a whole lot of fun. That is going to be an absolutely packed house. It's going to be wild. And, um, you know, there, there's some improvements that have been made to the G camp that I think a lot of people are going to be real excited to see when they come out. And, um, you know, it, it's just, I'm grinning from ear to ear because it's really exciting time. It's growing by leaps and bounds. The store is going crazy. Everything is you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of scary things about 2024 that, that I think are going to come to pass, but there's a lot of bright sides too, and um, you know, it's 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 truly the the best of times through the worst of times. But um, anyway, I know Madman, you are in here as well, brother. 34 minutes into the show, what is up, man? Not much, man. I snuck in there a few times. I didn't feel left out. Don't worry. Oh, I know. I know, but I didn't, I didn't formally <laughs> um, introduce you. That's fair. I'm doing good, man. Busy as shit at work. Um, yeah. I definitely know what you feel like when you're like 1700 rolls around and you're like, man, I didn't get shit done today. 
Like I didn't teach them yeah. fucking a half of what I wanted to. Yeah. Shitty feeling. Bro, the, the students from their side, they're soaking it up like a sponge, man. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, you know, and 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 it it it, it speaks to the quality of the students. You know, it it really does because they're sure. they're soaking it up like a sponge. They're eating it up, and you feel like like from our side, from the instructor side, you feel like, man, you know, like I want to give them the most. I want to give them so much that they walk away from class just being like, man, I got I got so so much out of this. And it was it was incredible, um, you know, but. That that's I, I don't I don't know that that's just how I see it and so I, I like for everybody to be able to walk away from one of one of my classes knowing that they can do something they're empowered with confidence that hey you know now I've got a skill now I've got a skill that I can replicate and and you know I feel armed with that knowledge now you know it, it's um, because if if you don't come away from a class saying that then that instructor failed you know that that's the way i look at it that's my personal benchmark yeah i agree with that as long as everybody comes away knowing way more than when they showed up that's my goal i mean there's a couple people uk salvage yeah uh, like like that that german dude i had in the scout course they want to save in him that was you didn't do the sand model <laughs> you did not do the terrain model nine nine yeah nah that guy i couldn't uh i mean i never i never ever raised my voice man like never unless i'm unless i'm really happy about something usually then you know then i'll, I'll get a little get a little lit um you know, or or I'm trying to convey something orally to someone verbally over a long distance. Then I got to But I don't like yelling, man. I don't like getting worked up. That dude got me worked up, man. He just couldn't. He he was he was trying. Um, he he was he was trying me, man. But that, I knew though when, when I saw you turn around, Jay. When I, I saw you turn around, you you were on the side of the classroom. And you turned around when he says something, and I was just like, "Oh hell no, <laughs> yes, you gotta go." I was like, "Man, damn, they heard me." I wasn't trying to get that loud with this guy, but he basically for for everybody that's not in on on that. Um, this dude was doing everything he could to just be obnoxious and was confusing. Like he he was trying to confuse all the other students, and he. I, I don't know what was going on with him, um, but he he was he he had to go. Um, he he had to go. It was it it that was that. Um, we had had enough of him. I had had enough of him, and he rolled into class an hour late to uh, on day three. So I was just like, Nah, man, nah, that's it. You know, you gotta go. And he had his own ideas, of course, of, of how things are supposed to be run, um, you know, with, with no bona fides to back it up. So it's just like, all right. He was he was there to fuck you up. That's, that's yeah, that's my thought. 
that's my thought. I think you're he, get, he you're getting big enough for uh, somebody to give a shit what you're teaching for sure. Yeah, I think he was. I think he he was he was there to be a problem, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I don't know. This is what it is, man. It is what it is. It's something we laugh about now. We we had some hellacious laughs about that dude as soon as they were gone. That was uh that that was I tell you what, man, that, that was one of the most lit nights in class. Um that third night the scout course going into the recce course when you know we're we're laid back, everybody was kind of resting up and, and we were watching uh SAS Rogue Heroes and you know having having some beer. A couple of those guys were, were splitting a fifth of Malort of all things. Braver men than I am. Nah. Nah, man. Or dumber. Either one. Not this guy. Dude, I, just thinking about Malort makes me want to stop Please. drinking. <laughs> I, I don't need to be reminded of it. I mean, That's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> man, I don't know how those Chicago cats drink that shit, dude. It, I mean, It's oh, a joke that went way uh, too far. Dude, it, I mean, it tastes like it tastes like cardboard, broken dreams, and gas, like mm-hmm. all together. Like they mix, and not good gas either, but like, like bad gas is done done with yeah. bad. See, you know, some old hobo over there huffing it, you know, like that gas. <laughs> oh man! All right, enough, enough with the chit chat. Enough talking about. Yeah, uh, and reminiscing on the on fine fine beverages. As I'm sitting here, actually sipping a wonderful, wonderful scotch, uh, Balvini 14. I'm sure that this show is obviously not sponsored by any alcoholic beverage, and I highly doubt that Balvini and the wonderful people of the Balvini Distillery in Scotland would approve of this message. Or then again, maybe they would. I don't know. Uh, but they do the, the Caribbean cask 14 year is most wonderful. If you would like to try a good scotch going into the new year, that is one that's become one of my favorites. All right. So first story we're leading in with this one. We got the main story. We're going to remember the main, we're going to talk about that one in a minute, but I really want to, I really want to dive into this one because this one didn't, I don't think this story got the attention that it should have. Um, but the, the WHO wields a ton of power over domestic policy in the United States, a shockingly high amount of power. In fact, um, it, it's, it's one that when I saw the story, um, Obviously, it's nothing new. We, you know, we know like you're, you're going to own nothing and love it, and you're going to eat the bugs and like all this shit, right? We know this stuff. So, like, it's it's not anything new, but at the same time, they're telling us, right? They're telling us. So, the World Health Organization or the WHO head, uh, Tedros Adnahom Gerbracius. Uh, or uh, commonly referred to as Tedros. And yes, it was kind of difficult for me to pronounce his last name because I speak English and that and, and that's obviously not his first language. But 
I, I see some people have tuned out already. Uh, but they have declared war on meat and traditional agriculture in the name of fighting climate change. This is a quote. Our food systems are harming the health of people and the planet. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one-third of the global burden of disease. Transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier, diversified, and more plant-based diets. Um, so that's interesting. Um, and of course, there's a video. You can find this on AmericanPartisan.org. And I want to break down a couple of things here just on its face. When they say traditional agriculture, what they mean by that is, is, is the traditional idea of the family farm, um, uh, you know, uh, family farms have been passed generation to generation to generation, uh, not the, the ConAgra corporate ag model, but rather privately owned enterprises uh, that, that work within the larger entity that we know of as ag business. Um, that's what they're targeting specifically. And there is an entire huge, huge industry in the United States that is centered around that reality of, of the family farm. So we think of that like at face value in terms of, you know, family run cattle farms, family run dairies, which, which they have done everything in their power to put out of business. Um, you know, here in North Carolina, I can tell you personal examples of, of these things occurring. Um, you know, obviously I, I stated beef, but let's talk about uh, other forms of agriculture and this plant based economy. Right or this is plant-based diet. So targeting corn, right for for family farms in lieu of GMO produced corn. All right. Um, not only that, we can talk about soybeans, which has quickly become uh, they. Th there's a lot in the soybean market right now uh, that that is not so good. Uh, the price on a lot of it went down, and that's why here in, in my part of North Carolina, uh, soybeans were grown because they're a legume. They put nitrogen back in the soil, which is really good for tobacco in turn um, and tobacco production. And so you do your crop rotations based on that. But um, soybeans aren't really bringing a lot of money, so they're resorting to other crops, right? They're investing in other crops. Um, but when they say transforming food systems, they're looking at, at, at the entirety of it. They're not talking about uh, solely just the, the farmer producing the meat. They're talking, or, or the uh, vegetables or, or what have you, they're talking about every aspect of it. All right. They're talking about, at, you know, going beyond face value, they're talking about fuel consumption. They're talking about uh, power tools that you're going to be using. They're talking about energy consumption uh, in totes that includes electricity, right? They're talking about the material consumption that goes into this. They're talking about uh, tractors. You know, I don't know how many people in the audience have, have purchased a, a new tractor recently. I have. And, you know, it, it's very different from purchasing a car, uh, quite a bit different than purchasing a car. 
And the way that big ag works for a lot of the, the retail sales end of implements and the way uh, uh, agricultural equipment is sold is a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the big corporate farms or, or the, the big farms that have uh, incorporated themselves and work under contracts lease their equipment. And so that does a number of things economically for them, provides tax incentives and so on and so forth to doing all that. But but what they're essentially doing is floating debt along for a long period of time, and they're not actually owning anything. And so, <clears throat> you know, where I am in North Carolina, a lot of the uh, tobacco farms here are a form of generational wealth. And their equipment and every aspect of, of the tools that they use are a form of generational wealth as well. And so all, all of that's tied into this. They want to attack all of that. You know, if, if you've bought a tractor in, I'll say probably the last 15 years, could be a little bit longer than that. Um, you know, you, you'll know that the regen system on, on a lot of your tractors that are being newly produced these days can be a, a sore subject among a lot of people. Um, I know I just had to do a regen on my tractor um was you know wasn't wasn't the nightmare that it gets made into online but it definitely um it's not a massey ferguson 135 it's you know it's not a a uh, kubota l3600 you know it, it's it, it good you know and, and i've got a mass a 60 horsepower massey ferguson um good you know very very good tractor i'm very happy with it but that regen system is just kind of annoying Right. Um, but all, all your tractors have that now. And so this is just like with DEF, with, with diesel fuel, um, in, in diesel trucks, having to run all of that. It's just one more mechanism of control that is a stranglehold on um, production, right? The, the, the large scale, larger scale production and really self-sufficiency. Because the first time that I had a regen on my tractor, it had a malfunction and then it it would not run right and so you know representative from the dealership came out so under warranty they looked at it bam you know worked their their you know magic elf stuff under the hood and boom it's good to go right but the days of working on your own equipment i fear are numbered and and that's coming from corporate ag right so it's 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 a trickle down effect and you're probably thinking at this point, man, what does this have to do with the World Health Organization? It's because their fingers are in everything. These globalists are occupying each one of the structures, right? The, the pillars of, of what makes a society function. And their end goal is for you to be a slave. They want you enslaved. They do, that's why I say you'll own nothing and love it. Right. You'll love it because a slave never gets to question his master. Right. That's, a, you know, is everybody following me? That's what they're telling you. You know, they're going to make it. They they intend. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to do this because I don't think in the end they're going to be successful. But they're, that isn't going to that isn't going to keep up for trying. All right. And, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be ready for, for that day when it comes. Um, but, uh, anyhow, the world health organization is if, if for nothing else, uh, this Tedros guy 
who had a, a pivotal hand in COVID and the COVID restrictions as well, COVID health policy that was being followed to a T here in the United States and across the world that killed millions. This, they, they killed millions, maybe you know possibly tens of millions of people. And we're never really going to know. Uh, we're never really going to know about this. But they, there it is, right? They're telling you what they're going to do to your face. Here it is. And, and so I wanted to do a deep dive real quick and explain all of the domains, the trickle-down effect that this has on everything. And so if you think that, you know, well, I don't really think that that's going to have that much of an impact. The World Health Organization doesn't really have a lot to do with public ag and, you know, so on and so forth. But they do. But they absolutely do. And these demons that run entities like BlackRock, for example, they are in this lock and stock. This is this is why you're seeing things in the automotive industry, uh, in the housing industry, the, the practices that you're seeing. Uh, so anyway, turning this over to my other two gentlemen in the room. Uh, your thoughts. I'm never giving up my meat. Well, that sounded way different than what I intended for it to. Uh, I'm not eating the bugs, man. And I'm not eating lab-grown meat. And uh, I think it is just an ultimate tool of control in an attempt to drive you to be fully dependent upon them. And once you're dependent upon someone, they can make you bend the knee for literally everything. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that is extremely well said. Um, they they want that leverage, and that's why just, I, I think on top of everything else, you know, training, train the, the ability to become trained and to learn a new skill is it should be imperative. And then, you know, the next step on that is financial independence. You know, the 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 whole mantra behind Dave Ramsey. And I mean, I'm I'm not a finances guy by any means, uh, but it makes a lot of sense, you know, and that's kind of his, his tagline is, is that a man in debt is a slave, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that, that's, that's a hundred percent. So, and of course that also goes along with, you know, we all get to that point where we're forced to buy something too. You know, I've been there. I, I mean, that's what happened with me buying a tractor this year. I was forced to, it, it really wasn't an option. If I had had, you know, a, a better alternative, I would have went for it. But um, that's just the, the cards that I was dealt in the early summer was all of a sudden, bam, you know, now I'm shopping for a, a mid-sized tractor, uh, you know, and, and uh, it just is what it is. But um, again, I'm not bad mouth and Massey Ferguson either. Uh, I love my tractor a lot. Uh, I think it's excellent. It, it's incredibly well-made machine. It's just that regen just pisses me off a little bit. That's all. Uh, Madman, what say you? Uh, I know the regen pains, for one. Uh, like, yeah, the new trucks, the bigger ones, like the F650s, uh, they do a regen. And they don't let you go over, like, 25 miles an hour when they do it. And... Uh, yeah, so if you're at work and you go with your little 650 dump, 
and you go to dump on the job and then you turn it off and turn it back on, it's going to regen. And then you're stuck going 25 for like probably 15 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. imagine trying to work with that. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, yes. uh. Yeah, it's real aggravating. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just another because their end goal, like, is to be to maintain their elite status, but amplify it. So they're going to be even richer and more powerful than everyone else. Because that's, you know, they're evil pieces of shit. That's what they do. Yep. You can't um, challenge. Yeah, they want. That's what they want. They still want to be rich, and have caviar and nice wine. They want to do all that. They want to fly around the world, go to the nice beaches. They just don't want you there. Yep. Nah, they they that that's the thing. And if you don't have anything, if you don't have economic self sufficiency, how are you going to challenge them? You know, I mean, in the big the big picture, like how do you how do you uh, excise and wield that power? There are ways. There are ways to do it. Um, there, there's ways to stand down certain things, but um, I think what they're doing in the Netherlands is is a early. Um, that's an early indicator, for sure. Um, you know, the the farmers have had it, man. You know, and, and they're beginning to see that that this is uh, very much a. It's not just a dying way of life. Uh, you know, I was talking to a friend not that long ago. And uh, he's real familiar with cowboy culture and, you know, and, and, uh, cowboy culture specifically out West. And he's talking about how it's, it's dying. You know, it, it, it's a way of American life that is dying for a lot of reasons. I think it's going to have a big resurgence and that has nothing to do with Yellowstone. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause can't, can't well, talk this day and age. Can't talk about cowboys and not bring up Taylor Sheridan. But, um, it, it's coming back because it, it's going to come back because there's a um, a yearning for, and I see it among Gen Z, you know, the, the our youngest generation. There's a yearning for them to realize what it's all about, and um, you don't. It's difficult to process this if all you're fed and all you see is you know, what you're being served with on social media or like, you know, somebody's blog or something or whatever. Like you, you don't, you don't actually see this, but as somebody who's interacted with Gen Z a lot, I can tell you, man, the, these kids really want to learn. Um, they, a, a lot of them, a lot of them have their heads screwed on straight. And so there's, there's a real bright future. That's one big reason I'm optimistic. And uh, I see all that coming back though. Like, the, like the, the push towards blue collar jobs is that's undeniable at this point that is undeniable there are a lot of people who are just complete men specifically are checking out of the university system that's why most of um your your bachelor's degree and graduate levels uh, even more so degrees are being uh are, are uh are women and and that's who's completing those courses in turn, if you look at community college level and trade schools, the majority of those are men that are coming out of that. And that's, I mean, that's published data. 
And that's been the, the trend since 2018, and it's been increasing every year. And um, that's a good thing. You know, that is a very good thing because we have, we have a whole generation of people, the uh, millennials specifically, you know, our generation of us who are discussing this in here, where we were told you weren't going to amount to anything if you didn't go to a four-year school. And we know, I mean, <laughs> that's just not true, man. That is just not true. All you got saddled with was a Ponzi scheme to to become a debt slave. And you didn't learn anything. You got, you know, communist indoctrination. That was what you got. Um, you know, and, and we're seeing the how how that has uh, corrupted the every aspect of American life. This, this is what we're seeing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in front of you. It's undeniable at this point. Uh, so, you know, this is just one more aspect of it. Um, and yeah, but anyway, talking about regens and dump trucks. Holy shit. That was, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would hate that. <laughs> hey, I would hate that. Yeah. Cause they already go slow. I mean, you ain't going nowhere in a hurry. No. Yeah, you go in a where in a hurry. But oh man. On <laughs> time, man. Yeah. What a time uh, to be alive. I agree about Gen Z though. I, I've met a lot of Gen yeah. Zers that are not Zoomers. They're like they're rocking pit vipers and mullets and they want to be carpenters and electricians and engineers. They want to build stuff, you know? Yeah. They're not, uh, oh, I want to be a video game streamer. You right. know, like, <laughs> they bully those guys. I I think there's always going to be a, game, a, a gamer market, but I see it diminishing rapidly. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. Like, I still got my old Nintendo GameCube. And I'll bust that out and, like, play Super Smash Damn. Brothers and, like, the old school fun games. I got Game Mario Kart. Game. Mario Kart's always fun. Yeah, Mario Kart used to be the that was the party game. Oh hell yeah! Like, turn that into a drinking game. Yeah, get a bunch of girls over. You turn that into a stripping <laughs> game. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's there was a million directions you could go with Mario Kart. Yeah, like, and they were all fun. They all ended in fun. You know, it was it, that was yeah. the thing. Like. My son was no, like, like begging me for new games, and I'm like, "Bro, these new games suck anyway. Why would you want to play them?" Like, there's well, they, a perfectly good all, GameCube downstairs. They they turned it into a money racket. Like the whole thing's a money racket. It's all and microtransactions like, and yeah. live updates, and you got to pay for. You know, it's fucking stupid. Dude, I I ain't played. I it's haven't played fun. a video game in I don't even know how long. Like, I got a I got a uh, I have a PlayStation Three. Like PlayStation Three, apparently I didn't even know this. Apparently, it was a PS Five. Like, oh yeah, that's how much of a shit I don't give about video games. <laughs> yeah, I've got a Wii. That's know. how long it's been since I played a video. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, I loved Wii, man. Wii Bowl. Wii that's Bowl. That's another good game. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like those, they that were was fun. fun man. That stuff was fun. Like, yeah, the new games are fake and gay. Why? Well, I mean, like. The whole like let's run around and shoot it shit. 
and then I got to pay them more money to unlock something. Like that's that's what, um, you know, a decade ago, that's what Call of Duty started turning into. And it was just yeah. like, ah, this isn't that cool, man? So it's just I don't know. And and I started seeing that, but but also, man, I was like looking around at uh, some of my buddies that I was in the army with, and there there was a, a good friend of mine who was all about Warcraft. He's all about Warcraft. <laughs> Man, dude's an 11 Bravo. He's done done all the badass schools. Like, he's the last guy you would imagine that would be into some some nerdy, like, dragons and shit. You know? Like, nah. But that was him. He'd be up. Like, he would be up at, like, 1, 2 in the morning every night. Every night, this guy would be, he'd just be like, like, he'd come to formation, like, damn, bro, did you even sleep last night? Nah, nah. I had a raid that I had. Yeah, to I had a raid. Like, <laughs> the fuck, man? Nah, one in the morning in the middle of the week, I'm sleeping. It's like, dude, I'm sleeping. If it, Especially back in those days, man. If I wasn't at the bar, I was sleeping. You know, like yeah. middle, middle of the week, I'm sleeping, man. I ain't got time to be playing no video games. What the fuck? Especially not that shit. He, but, he um, early. It does, man. It does, especially, especially like once you're, once you're an NCO, you know, and, and you got to be there even earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, God, man, you know, fucking waking up at four in the morning, so that you can you can go check all your guys, check the barracks. Yeah, make sure, sure shit, yeah. fucking passed out, drunk, throw up all yeah. over. Yeah, like <laughs> making sure you know, like everybody's gonna be in formation. All right. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it, it's um, Dakota Rumble in the comments. PS3s, damn good media centers. They were. Uh, that, that was that was the cool thing about them is it, it was it was like an all-in-one kind of deal. It was a DVD player. You could play old PlayStation games on it. Like, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, that was why I had one over an Xbox, by the way, back in the day. But it just sits. Like, I still have it. I don't know if it works anymore or not. I don't care, but I don't care about video games. And, and I don't think a grown man honestly should. Um, that's like when you start realizing I'm sitting in one spot for hours, not actually doing anything. I'm fucking vegetating here. What are you doing, man? Like, what are you? I don't get that. I really don't get that. And it, I never really got deep into any any of that stuff other than Command and Conquer when I was deployed. I loved some Command, Command and Conquer. Shit. That was that was cool. Um, Command and Conquer Generals. That was that was some yeah. good shit. Red Alert. Um, oh, yeah, Red Alert was cool too, man. Just Command and Conquer Generals. Like you had old... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kirov reporting. Yeah. But, um, Command and Conquer Generals, you had old, uh, old Colonel Burton going around knifing dudes. Yeah. That was that was cool, man. <laughs> like that was he get he could he could rock climb and stuff too. It was like you could go anywhere. You roll up in the terrorist base and just like wipe out everybody with him, just stabbing yeah. people. It was cool. <laughs> but nah, man, they, like that was that was a deployment game. But um, dude, they, I mean, even then, like. I actually had time to burn then because you, you yeah. go to the gym. There's only so much time you can spend in the gym. Then you come back, you know, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, we did twelve hours. Mission yeah. Pan cycle. Yeah, you, I mean, what are you doing? You know, like a whole other twelve hours. You can only sleep so many hours, and you can only work out so many hours. Yeah. And there's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally nothing exactly. else to do. Exactly. You ain't got shit else to do. Yeah, I'll say, but no, nah, I, I mean, when I got back, when I got back stateside, you know, and, and I was, um, hanging out with, with the woman that would become my wife and I'm playing these video games. Like I'm, I'm kind of, you, you know, like that cycle that you're in when you come back from deployment and you just, um, it's like, you're still living like you're deployed cause you're not you you haven't adjusted to it like the fact that you're you're not overseas anymore so there's there's like a good 90 day transition at least transition of like you know i'm not i'm not changing my lifestyle i'm gonna live like this and you, you're you're following that same pattern you know and uh i just got to realize like there i don't i don't even remember what it was but it was like I'm sitting here playing a video game and she's in the other room. We could be doing something fun. Like, you know, I, I need to be, I need to spend time with her. Like, why am I doing this? You know, it, it just didn't, it just clicked with me. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything like bad or like there was a fight or like, no, nah, no, nah, it wasn't it. But it was just like, I was just looking around and it was just like, what are you doing? Why are you playing? You know, why are you playing video games? Could you know why? Are you, why are you living like you're deployed? You go outside, you know. Go yeah. outside. Go do something. You know, just, just go. Go do anything. You know, just, you ain't got to worry about rockets or like, you know, you ain't got to worry about shit. Just, Bro, just go fucking go. It go hit me when I got back and I was walking around the grocery store and I realized because I like it felt weird walking around the grocery store. I don't know if you guys experience that. Like oh, right yeah. when you get back yeah. and you're walking around a grocery store, just picking out groceries and you're like, yeah, completely. Oh, Something's yeah. fucky. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then yeah. I realized I'm like, bro, this, I, yeah, I'm just in a fucking grocery store. Why do I feel like this is weird? And that's what it hit me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm fucking still in like <clears throat> Afghanistan brain. Yeah, man. Mentally, mentally, you're in a, you're, you're in a whole other you're in a whole other other dimension. Yeah. And you just like, you look around and it's like all these people, they're just living their lives, man. Just yep. oblivious. And you're like, that's, I, I had uh, much later on after that, when I was uh, at a university and was discussing with a uh, doctor of psychology uh, some some interesting we're having an interesting conversation uh about recidivism rates and it, it mean it was a real academic conversation about like why prisoners do what they do and one of the big reasons for that is when they get out of prison they, they call it prisonization that, that's the actual term for it they're so used to living a particular way that they have a hard time adjusting outside of that model of and that lifestyle for them and that um the military lifestyle in, in any of the branches but like especially the deployment lifestyle 
it's very similar. Like the, the psychiatric process that our brains go through is very, very similar. Like it creates the same structures internally in our brain. And I was, I was blown away by that. It's like, man, that's crazy. You know, that like, like that same thing happens and, and like, that's the same thing that, that when they get out, that's why there has to be a transition period of them getting out, you know? And, and I, I think about that too. Like there's, there's definitely, um, with the, the suicide rate among vets, I think that there's definitely something there where the, the, that's an aspect to it. Because, I mean, if you think about it for us, like the army, for example, because I know, you know, Madman, you and I are familiar with it. Uh, I, I can't say what the Marine Corps does, but I would imagine it'd be very similar. When you come back from a deployment, when we came back, there really wasn't any kind of adjustment period. It was just like, I went straight into 12 hours. All right, shift. boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, for for me, it was like, all right, boys, you know, you're back. Don't go beat your wife. Don't get a DUI. And, you know, we'll, we'll see you in three days. And it was like all, and of course, all that yeah, shit's going to It was very similar. All, all that shit's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. And, and, I mean, I'm not saying, like, they should have, like, put us in a little containment area or something. But, not, not I mean, n- none of that. But it could have been handled better, I think, than it was. And, um, you know, then, then, I mean, I remember, especially when I got back from my first deployment, bro, I went over at 24-hour shop at, got me a big-ass bottle of Jim Beam, and it was on. Like, that was, that was what I, I, I literally walked out with a half gallon of Jim Beam and a case of Bud Light. and. I don't remember nothing for like the next couple of days. I have no idea what I did after that, but I know when I walked out of there, it was just like, it's fucking game on oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. How like, I spent my three day weekend. Yeah. I got back I mean, and I was like, um, I was drinking on the plane back. There oh was yeah, only yeah. Three of us on my flight. And it was like my team leader and another team leader. Shannon Ireland. Yeah. You stop over in Shannon. Yeah. That's yeah. Shannon. And then on the Shannon plane, they saw us in uniform and they were like, Hey, would you guys like a drink? Are you coming back? We were like, Yeah. Yup. She's like, All right, I'll be back with Jack and Coke. I was like, That would be very nice of you. Thank you. You're lovely. <laughs> you gotta be lovely. quiet when you say Shannon Ireland around me because I'm not sure that everything was legally covered. And uh <laughs> <laughs> they don't like contractors very much at that airport because things happen. So things happen, man. <laughs> things happen. You know, that was, that that was a very lovely bar. I will say that, man. Very very lovely bar in that place. But yeah, they there was there was like no attempt to adjust anybody. Like when we came back, there was no attempt to to be like, hey, you know, like none of that. And it took me years to realize it. Like it, it took me years to realize that of like, they, you're just part of the machine, man. Like you're, you're a cog in the machine. They don't give a shit. That's that, you know, that that's that you're, you're here 
until you leave. Once you leave, you know, give you a medal, slap you on your ass, and and send you on your way. Like that. That's just that, man. And I don't know. I I said it earlier today. There was a story that broke about how uh, the army is no longer paying for um, keeping the the uh, keeping up with soldiers' stuff while they're they're deployed. Like if they go somewhere. Uh, like, like how, if, if you had a vehicle, you could take it to, uh, basically an impoundment yard where they would watch over it while you were deployed. And then you packed all your stuff up and it went to some, some sort of moving company. Like it, they, yeah. they would have it. They kept, they, they kept they it in like a pod. Stuff. Yeah. And they would put all your stuff in there and all right, man, like, you know, it's, I'll see it in a year, you know? And, and, uh. Anyway, though, man, like they, they're not doing that anymore. So I, I just look at it. I'm like, this, this is a bigger picture of the whole here. Like, I, I can't for the life of me figure out what the incentive is to go into military, like in totes. I, I just don't see rid it. of all of it. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, they obviously the worst don't evil care. that the military industrial complex has done. They've turned soldiers into, like, just throwaways. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, there, there's no... Um, just doesn't seem like there's any incentive there, man. Like, you, you emasculated... <clears throat> I'm going to piss some people off with this statement, maybe. But you emasculate your warrior class when, when they started allowing women into the elite infantry schools. Yeah. All right. You know, you start putting them in special forces and this is like that debate has raged and like, whatever, man, I'm, I don't care. Um, I'm not here to debate that with anybody. That's my opinion. How, why do I have that opinion? Because I've seen the results of this stuff up front. All right. But the other part of that is, and, and I'm not here to say like, um, you know, oh, women can't do this. Like, look, man, that's not the argument, and I don't give a shit. Okay, if it is to you, cool, but that that's not the argument. I I was there, I did it. All right, I checked those boxes, and here here's the deal. You know, when when you only have certain outlets for manhood right when kids are growing up like this the whole idea of putting women in combat arms came out of the soviets by the way um and the reason that the soviets did that was because they had uh early on they they had a uh, influence from a lot of the the proto-feminist thinkers like charlotte perkins gilman and uh some of those who ironically enough were american and the Bolsheviks took some of those ideas of gender equality, right? But the real reason that they they took those women and they put them in combat roles in World War II was, was out of desperation because they had to. They did not continue that practice after World War II. Why is that? See, that's the thing that they'll never tell you. And and I saw a lot of people is, you know, some female, I think it was mostly a publicity stunt, went through sniper school. I'm skeptical. 
Um, but hey, that's, you know, if you don't think so, that's your right to do that. I got my, you know, I got, I got my perspective on it and that is what it is. And I'm not here to fucking debate it. I don't care. This is just the deal, right? Um, I'm skeptical. And then allegedly when the, the school commander who wasn't going by his own name, uh, on Twitter was saying, oh yeah, she's real, but he's got a Polish flag or whatever that was in his bio. Look, if, if you're the officer in charge of a professional development school, uh, of, of one of the HUA schools in the army, and you've got a foreign country's flag, I don't give a shit if they're our ally, if they're be- our best fucking friend, if they wipe our ass when we wake up in the morning. Um, you don't have another country's flag and, and, you know, that you're representing if you're the commander of a school, period, bar none. Like, you shouldn't be there, period. So, all right, so you're the problem. You're the fucking problem. We need to remove you, right? But it goes higher than that because somebody put this person in charge. Somebody put the person in charge there, like uh, higher on, uh, you know, so on and so forth of the chain. Right. So the whole the whole thing about like the the women in those roles, it's it's a it's a serious problem. Um, It erodes unit discipline. But more importantly, it checks out the warrior class. And what do I mean by that? All right. So like when you're in high school. There were the kids that, that played sports. Right. Some sports are a little manlier than others. But that's just a fact, man. You can you can like it, not like it, whatever. Like some are a little manlier than others. All right. Some require more physical exertion than others. And when when you do something that violates those rites of passage of manhood, whatever they are, right, when you're in high school, that's wins and losses, right? It's wins and losses. Your wins are a rite of passage because you earned them. You earned that. I won. I earned it. Right. Your losses are a rite of passage, too. You deal with. Somebody got the better of me, right? I got my ass kicked. How do I win? Because I have to learn how to win. Those are rites of passage. Those are entrances into manhood. And when you take those away, when you violate those out of some sort of political gain, which is exactly what they did, right? That That's what that was. That's why I did that. I mean, do you ever see selfie photos and TikTok videos of any other sniper school candidate? Do you ever see that? Do you ever see that? Have you ever seen that? No. No. The the closest thing that you ever fucking saw was a documentary on the History Channel, right? Oh, this is sniper school, right? I knew some of the guys that, that were the sniper instructors in that, um, you know, they, that were featured on that, on, on that documentary. So you can go back and, and you can look at that from like the... Uh, mid 2000s like 06 07 right so anyway um point is man is is that you violate that and when you take that away i don't care who you are i don't care what the fuck like what your perspective is if you've never walked in those shoes first of all i don't give a shit what your opinion is you shut the fuck up get out of the conversation all right but the second thing is is that even if you have walked in those shoes and you don't have at least that cursory respect of this is a rite of passage of manhood and maybe we need to keep that for a very fucking important reason, 
and and we've thrown all that out the window in in lieu of is social justice bullshit or like wh- however you're justifying it man that's that's a problem it's a problem and you know what everybody sees it all right it's a cancer everybody sees it that's why recruiting is completely in the toilet that's why somebody went to sand hill to infantry school not that long ago and they said dude the place is empty there's nobody here there's nobody here like 30th ag is full of people they're waiting on an infantry school class that's fucking piss poor man that is piss poor why because america's best youth the most physically capable guys the ones who are who are your hard chargers your door kickers the dudes that would charge machine gun nests they're, they're young dumb and full of cums what we used to say they don't they they look at that and they're like i ain't doing that the hell would i do that you know I, this does not in any way shape or form appeal to me and and you know what they're right they're right. The damn sure ain't wrong. What are they putting their life on the line for? For all this crap? Nah. So, you know, point is, is that the, the warrior contract or the, the social contract rather with the warrior class is broken and that's not going to get fixed. It, you don't fix a damaged brand when it's damaged that bad. Uh, so it, it's, you know, it, 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 I'm sorry. And, and, you know, to that young trooper that, that, uh, went through cyber school, whether she did or she didn't, Hey, congratulations on getting your Bravo for, um, you know, cool. I'm sure you're squared away. Maybe I don't fucking know. Um, but it, it, I'm just saying that the damage that that causes to the institution, it never recovers, right? It never recovers. VMI never recovered. All right, that's something Stan knows all about. He knows knows very well. It never recovered. Now, first woman goes through there, never recovers. And th- this isn't to to you know marginalize women or whatever, but we have separate spheres for a reason. And anybody that's running around out there saying, "Well, the Soviets did it in World War II. Soviets did it in World War II. No, um, they definitely had separate. Once once they realized, all right, we no longer need to. Uh, push women to the front like this out of desperation. Yeah, they, they definitely have a separate, separate place. And every Marxist country has done that, by the way. Every single one of them. So maybe they know something that the United States doesn't know. Um, hey, the first woman MP officer who threatened to sue uh, was was finally allowed into Panama. And uh, the minute she left uh, the Air Force base, was shot and killed. So great job. I got a story about one of those, but it's probably. <laughs> you got a story about a pair of those, <laughs> yeah. I believe, and that's a long story. Uh, well, yeah, they, they, I wouldn't. Well, the one story you're thinking of, that I ain't going to tell that one. Not on air. I'll tell it in class. <laughs> right. I ain't going to tell that one on the podcast. Now, nah, the other one, the other one was not a was not a juicy story though. That was um that that was it actually almost ended bad. Real real bad. But um, you know, just saying and and look. There are some there's some incredibly squared away 
females that I worked around in the army. Okay. A few, a few, but I'm going to be brutally honest. There wasn't many. That's just a fact. All right. It, that is just a fact. So people can take that how they want. You know, you say, oh, well, you know, old Matt, he's just a little salty about this, that, or the other. Oh, well, you know, he, how many women do you really work around? I worked around enough. Right? I worked around enough. And, and when you, you place them in, in a place that, let me tell y'all, because I, I really want to get to this main story, but just as a little aside, when, when I got to my first unit, very first infantry unit, right? And I land, I, we, you know, we got orders to deploy immediately, we caught up with our unit. Uh, so, you know, we didn't, we didn't really spend a lot of time. First duty station was Hawaii, didn't spend a lot of time there. Caught up with my unit while they were deployed to Iraq and um, met one of the platoon sergeants from the company uh, at the, the uh, um, green ramp or the, the flight terminal. And we had to run. We had to gather up all our shit. Put it on. So you're talking IBA, rucksack, uh, duffel bag, like all the gear, weapon, all the gear that we had been issued, and we had to run. He, we had this little van, little Toyota van that we had to follow, and it was like three and a half miles from the flight line to the company where we were going, and they took the long way around, man. And there was a fucking rocket attack in the middle of that. And we're fucking running. Like, that's that's the test. So you got all your shit on, right? Everything. Everything that you have brought with you. You got to run with that shit. Don't fall out. You know? <laughs> you know? It's because this is all about proving yourself as a man. And so when we, we got to the company, first sergeant is in there, right? Dude looks like Bill Goldberg, man. I mean, yeah, everybody did steroids back then. Like that, that's, it, it was a thing, all right, for a lot of reasons. And it won't just because you wanted to look jacked. You kind of had to be. If, you know, you, you, you had to be, because if you weren't doing all that, the weight of all that gear and what we were having to carry all back then, IBA, side plates on, the overarm daps, the friggin' collars, like all we're we're carrying all the shit. We look like samurais walking around out there, right? All the stuff that you had to carry all the time, you have to be on top of your game, or it will break your body. Like literally, it's gonna break your body down. Believe me, I feel that every single day now. But he sat us all down in there. This dude is huge, right? And so he's he's kind of staring us all down, making eye contact. He's giving us that first test. And he's like, he goes, how many of you play football? And it was a small group of us. I think it was like seven or eight. You know, a couple of the guys didn't. The rest of us raised our hand. And he goes, he goes, all of you are the freshmen on the fucking football team. All of you right now. If you know, you know, what, what that means. That's where you are. You were the bottom man on the totem pole. He's like, so every day you were going to be proving yourself. He's dead serious about that, man. 
every day you're gonna be you're gonna be proving yourself. And and it that was a fact, man. So when you and and physically proving yourself, why is that? Like like you could you could chalk that up to man, dude's just a hard ass, like whatever. The reason that those high standards exist, the reason that the schools were structured the way they were, I don't know what the fuck they do now. The reason that everything was built the way that it was is because that is that is the standard to which you have to perform to take care of your buddies. Like you, man, it's not just enough that I have to carry my gear. I might have to carry you and all your gear too and drag you out of the line of fire, drag you off the X, get you out of that burning vehicle, right? These, these are all serious things. And you got to be able to look at your buddy and be like, man, I know this guy is physically, physically capable of having my back. Like it's, it's more than just saying he's got my back. He's physically capable of doing it. You know, it's, I mean, it just is what it is. In in the the minute that you throw a female into that environment, causes problems, causes problems, and you can sit and say, "Well, that's a discipline problem among guys, whatever." Maybe you're right, man. Maybe you might be right, might not be right. You can rationalize it however you want, but I can tell you this: universally, one hundred percent of the time, it destroyed discipline. It caused problems, problems that could have been easily just sidestepped. Like, all right, you know, this isn't working. Listen, I'm sure you're an excellent soldier at doing anything else. Please go over here. Like, that's that's all you got to do, man. Like, you know, it, it's it's not dogging on anybody. That's not saying nothing one way or the other. And I look, I'm going to tell you all, too, I love teaching females in class. I love that. I love having ladies in class because they perform very well especially in the shooting portions. I love that. But when you're talking about that's, that's an activity when you're talking about a team dynamic of, of, you know, this is how men have to function. You know, it, it doesn't work. Right. It just, it's, it's another animal, but anyway, I don't know how we got onto that train. I totally didn't, didn't intend for it to, but it's, it's one of those little things that, um, just just bottled it up over time man i refused to comment some people tried to bait me into commenting on some of that stuff and i just hey eh, you know because you ain't gonna win no matter what you say you're not gonna win in in those conversations but but as a man there's certain things you got to point out so uh when it comes to our military uh in particular united states army um man i feel bad for those cats i really do um, you know, it is, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's tough times. It's tough times ahead and, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Anyway, uh, shifting gears here. Let's, let's talk about Maine. Uh, this is the, the breaking story of the night. This is the thing. Um, I wasn't expecting Maine to do this. I had predicted after Colorado, that um, we would see this measure come out of Minnesota, Michigan as well, uh, culminating in Pennsylvania. I'm not so sure about Pennsylvania now, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy to be wrong about certain things. But um, and and a lot of that's having to do with Fetterman playing the centrist, uh, which is very entertaining to me. 
Um, don't disagree with the guy. A lot of things he's saying, I'm going to be honest, you know, you hate it all you want, but, uh, anyhow, this is breaking news. As of tonight, Maine has ruled that Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the primary ballot in 2024. The communists are now out in full force. Maine secretary of state, Sheena Bellows. Boy, what a name. Sheena Bellows. Man, she has got some teeth on her. Goodness gracious. Um, mm, 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 mm. that is, uh, I'd be, I'd be downright scared. Girl, next, uh, girl got some teeth. Yeah, she got donkey teeth. Ooh, I'm just saying, caution, gents. Them teeth. Teeth. Well, I'll be honest. If like, if you you were in the dating scene, you go into singles bar, or whatever, and you saw this, you nah, just pass her. No. Sorry, done. Not even, not even gonna be. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, Sheena Bellows, Secretary of State for Maine, has ruled unilaterally that Trump could not be on the primary ballot under the Fourteenth Amendment. Huh. Uh, so. This is uh, significant, of course, because Maine is one of two states that splits electoral votes, and Trump won one of Maine's electors in 2000. Uh, Sheena Bellows is a longtime Democrat activist. Uh, she's got an image here with Joe Biden, and um, boy, this is something. And I did not know, was not aware that a Secretary of State had such a power, uh, but apparently this this is the path they want to go. So they want to suppress your votes. Like this, this is the end. Um, th- this this is the end goal here. This is the end game. They're suppressing your votes. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it, this this is she she right now. I and and I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. If, if you think that maybe she is checking a box for some sort of pu- future office or this is just a political stunt, I got news for you. Okay, I got news for you. They're headed in this direction. It is full steam ahead because the Democrats, the communists in the United States, because that's what they are, they want you gone and they are telling you through these measures that you are irrelevant. Right. You're irrelevant. Bingo. One party rule forever. Right. That's right. Because it's still democracy. Mind you, it's still that's why they say, oh, it's a threat to democracy. It's still democracy. You have one political party. It's still democracy. And so my question about all of this before I turn it over to to, to my two uh, fellow bar patrons in here is. Where the hell is the GOP? Where are the statements from the Republican Party? Where is the statement from Susan Collins, by the way, Senator from Maine? Where where is any of the pushback? Where is, hey, you know, this is bullshit and it's going to stop. And it's going to stop right now. You're going to cut this out because this is what's going to happen. We are going to we're going to block and obstruct any funding that's going into Colorado or Maine or any other state p- 
pulls this bullshit because the House of Representatives has the power of the purse and we're going to tighten those reins up. We're going to make sure that you feel it. If you want these unconstitutional measures, this is what's going to happen. You know what? We haven't heard any of that. We haven't seen any of that. In fact, how many people even remember that Colorado happened? How many people even remember that? It was just before Christmas. It's not in anybody's lexicon, anybody's conversation anymore. They're not talking about any of this stuff. Guys, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. They they truly want to limit your options. Um, I mean, Vietnam was called the Vietnam, uh, the Democratic Republic of Vietnam before they took over the whole thing. Uh, Korea is called the Democratic Republic of Korea. Same kind of philosophy, right? If you only got one party to choose from, you're still voting for that person. It's still Democratic, chuckle, chuckle. Um, but they are really doing everything they can to to turn this country into a socialist single party state. And uh, there's going to come a time when when decisions have to be made. Um, yeah. I, you know, I I didn't think I underestimated their intestinal fortitude i didn't think they would go this far this year i halfway thought the whole like not having an election thing was like eh i hear you that eventually will happen if this keeps going but i don't think it'll be just yet but then yeah the past like month i've seen several things that i'm actually genuinely concerned about there's always been an overall concern, but lately, especially with the Trump being kicked off the ballot in two states now, for some whatever the fuck reason, um, I don't know. I haven't consulted the old man yet. He's kind of like my baseline for whether shit's crazy or not, and I'll go to him with a, some whatever's on the news, and I'll be like, hey, Pop, do you see this? He'll be like, uh, Yeah. That's never happened before, you know, because he was telling me about the 60s riots. And he was like, that was a commie revolution, too. They were everywhere. He's like, not in my neighborhood. We kicked the shit out of them. They didn't hang out in our neighborhood. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, that that it is what it is is a great <laughs> point because... We have to stop treating the world as it should be and start acting, uh, you know, you have to see it the world the way that it actually is and start acting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I think that, that that's one of the big problems with the, the, uh, the Christian patriot movement, the survivalist movement, prepper movement, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> the, the the scene that we kind of exist in um, is there is a lot of normalcy bias to go around that uh, that a lot of guys are like you know hey this is just this is just the way that it's it's always going to be but when you look at the left when you look at the militant left there I mean you can learn a lot from an enemy right you should learn pretty much everything from an enemy. Because they're telling you how they're going to function. They're telling you what they're doing. 
What are they out there doing? So the, the current incarnation, the current flavor of the month among, you know, your Antifa, BLM, quote unquote, you know, whatever's is the Gaza thing, right? You know, the ceasefire now, or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Like, the, it, it's not different pools of people, folks. It's the same people, right? It's the same people that are that are organizing all this. I was the one just uh, a few weeks ago when, when these things started kicking off said, told you, and you can go look these facts up. Please do. I want you to. The Free Gaza Movement, right? Free Gaza Movement. It has a Wikipedia page. Look them up. Look who the keynote people, the organizers, the overseers, the generals in charge on the battlefield. Look at who they are. Two high-value targets. William Ayers, Bernadine Dorn. Do those names ring a bell? They should. I mean, you know, hello, is anybody is anybody putting all this together? I mean, come on, folks. Here's, here's the deal. Y'all, th this is what they're doing in their next incarnation. All right, LAX, shutting down LAX and JFK. Oh, I talked about that earlier tonight. They uh, they made a big uh, tactical jump when they did that this time by moving out heavy equipment to block the roads. That's a big sign. Yeah, they pulled yeah, trucks that's, that's and cars. Well, they were baby trucks, but. So, uh, Duke of Malta, Rick's saying that they shut down O'Hare, too. I was not aware of that. Yeah, they shut um, down airports. So, they, they, they hit O'Hare, too. too. Joe, is that correct? Yeah, they had shut on O'Hare the day before. But LAX, oh, okay. uh, here, here's the important point, too. Another important point about LAX and JFK. They were shut down at the same time using the same tactic. Yeah. That tells you there's a level of coordination that we don't have right now. A nationwide level of coordination. Well, and... and that that's one of the big problems with with conservatives just in general. When when I've talked about conservatives in the past, I think it was on the last episode. I said that that we're structural functionalist thinkers. Um, you know, yeah. we're content with well. That's why we have police. They'll just deal with it. Well, the problem is is who is who's in charge of your police now? Did you ever stop to think about that? Who have they been putting in charge of the police? I mean, this is getting to be kind of a big fucking deal, you know. And and when you look at, at who the police chiefs are and who these city council people who oversee and choose the police chiefs that are running that, I mean, you, you for Main Street Conservatives, and I know a lot of you in the audience, you know this. All right. You know this. I know this. It's, you know, it's like, all right. Um, you kind of look at law enforcement in general as kind of a neutral entity. They're neither, they're not really on anybody's side. And, and that's probably, I think the most productive way to look at it. Um, not out of hostility, but just, you know, Hey, you kind of serve your own purpose. You serve the purpose of the state and you're going to follow those orders. Um, doesn't mean that you're hostile to law enforcement at all. Okay. That's, that's not what's being said. But it, it, you know, you, you definitely, you, 
law enforcement is not going to be sitting there shaking hands with the Patriots. Okay, it's just not. It's not the way that it works. Um, and we've seen that over and over and over again. Uh, uh, Owen in the comments is saying JFK and LAX were allowed to happen. I 100% agree with you. Um, 100% agree with you because they, the leftist leadership in those cities is hamstrung on a number of crises that were caused by the militant left that are all now culminating and intersecting. And, and really, like uh, Garcetti in L.A., who doesn't really get a lot of airtime on the East Coast. You don't really hear a whole lot about him. Uh, but on the West Coast, obviously you do. And then Eric Adams in New York City, who this guy's best bet would be to stay the fuck out of the media because he's an idiot. He, he, is, he may be the dumbest man that has ever been the mayor of New York City. And that's really saying something, because uh, they they've had some winners, um, yeah. They they've had some winners up there, but man, wow, um, Adams really really takes the cake. But these these guys are are playing the role of trying to keep the people quiet long enough to to keep them calm so they won't get out of hand. But meanwhile, you know the 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 house is on fire and everybody knows it. So it's kind of like in, uh, what was it, The Naked Gun, where Leslie Nielsen's like, you know, nobody panic. The theater's on fire, but nobody panic. Everybody's panicking. That's what the fuck's happening in these cities, man. That's what's happening in these cities is is everybody's panicking. Like, I mean, you know, L.A.'s bad enough, but, dude, New York City? New York City wasn't too awful I, not that long ago i mean bloomberg you can say what you want to about him you know the whole anti-gun stuff and i don't like the guy but at least the city was livable and then when kaiser wilhelm took over you know de blasio uh sandinista de blasio it went to shit you know, it's it started going to shit then, and then you know now they, and and I love how everybody was celebrating when they got rid of De Blasio. They voted in the same thing, voted in the same political party. You thought you were getting different results, so yeah, it, JFK, JFK, I, I absolutely would believe was allowed to happen. It was a publicity stunt. They knew that you know, give them a little room to riot. I think was that wasn't that the the uh, the line from old uh, Muriel Bowser in in your neck of the woods, Madman, over by Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Yeah, give them a little room to riot. You know, yeah, room to riot. Hey, you hey. know that riot that mall that they were at? That's where my yeah. recruiting station was, Mondaman Mall. Nice, great place to. They called my girlfriend now wife. Uh, they cat called her in the parking lot she was waiting <laughs> out in the car for me and they were like hey snow bunny oh yeah oh Great place to hang out man awesome lovely that's a yeah. lovely if that and that was in 2010 yeah 2010 yeah so if that gives you any indication yeah. of the level of intelligence over there before that was four years before the riots so well See, man, there you go. You, you see, you putting Baltimore down. Yeah, Baltimore, it's a show. Baltimore's a a vibrant <laughs> center of. 
that's me and, that's uh, that's me and a buddy of mine. <laughs> we had to go to we had to go to uh, a business meeting. It was the holiday party, and uh, we got into Baltimore. And he's a former Baltimore City cop. He did not stop moaning and groaning about how much he fucking hates the city of Baltimore. Like <laughs> we got, <laughs> we hit the beltway. He didn't stop Nobody. bitching until we got into the bar. And he was like two drinks deep. And then he stopped complaining about being in Baltimore. <laughs> Nobody likes Baltimore, man. Nobody likes Baltimore. No, it's a fucking dump. I've, I've, I've met a lot of people that either lived in Baltimore or worked in Baltimore for a time. None of them like Baltimore. Yeah. Nobody. I don't live anywhere near there. I just Nobody. work around there pretty often. Yeah. Because it's falling apart and, you know, I get... There's work it. to do. There's money to be made, man. A lot of money to be made because the fucking thing's crumbling. Somebody, somebody got to get hired. You know, it's just it is what it is. Nine minutes left on the clock. Let's talk about 2024 predictions because the next fun fact: the next Sons of Liberty podcast is gonna be on the air next year. And uh, 2024 is already shaping up to be wild as hell. And let me tell you, I am I am proud to have a front row seat to all of this, to be actually out there doing something about it and uh, being able to share that opportunity with all of you. So uh, real quick, guys, predictions for 2024. Where do you see all this going? Well, I think that you're going to see an increase in civil conflict. I mean, that's just a given. But we're also going to see China and Russia make the moves they want to move. You're going to see a, a defeat in Ukraine because even now the media is saying, well, Ukraine doesn't have to retain all their territory to win. So we're seeing an end state there. But that doesn't mean that there won't be a move on Moldova or somewhere else. You're going to see Taiwan uh, and China come to blows. And I think that uh, I think that there's never been a better time for China. It would be stupid for them not to try it. Uh, it'll, it'll start as a blockade. It won't be kinetic in the beginning. But uh, there's never been a better spot for them. Well, we've got all of our naval assets tied up in the Red Sea doing, I'm not even really sure what they're doing, driving around in circles and taking fire on purpose. But um, seriously, I mean, what, why have we not destroyed those shore installations? You, you can't. There's no legitimate answer to that. So um, I think we're just going to see a, a year of conflict and a degradation of the of the of the world. Some guy once said, "Worldwide civil wars are what World War III will be," and that guy's probably right. Wisdom. He had a lot yes, of that is a nice wisdom. piece of tactical wisdom. Yes, like he, he <laughs> might have wrote a book or five. A book or five, <laughs> or five. <laughs> Can y'all tell I'm having too, I'm having too much fun with that. I'm having too much fun with that. But nah, man, dude, I agree hundred percent. I think um, regarding China, um, we're gonna see a reunification with Taiwan in 2024 i think um well let me back up i think that that if if we're to see that and and it, i think that china's moves depend a lot on 2024 uh the election 
if the election goes the way I suspect it will in November, um, China is going to make a, a complete move on Taiwan by March because that's when the, the straits um, in the South China Sea are going to be favorable to their actions. And um, that that's what we're going to see. Uh, so that, that would be March of 2025 that we would see that. I could be very wrong about that. Um, you know, they may say, fuck it and, and just go for it anyway. Go for broke uh, this coming spring. And they, they, may, they may very well do that. Um, who knows? You know, I, I don't know. But because um, I've been I've been somewhat right on it on China. But, you know, I've got a couple of pieces wrong because there's just some things I don't know. But uh, I do think, and I'm still holding to, the first action we're going to see is Kinman Island. They're going to take that because that that would be a uh, dress rehearsal for the People's Liberation Army and their combined arms maneuver warfare. But uh, anyhow, Madman, what you uh, uh, what you see going into the future? I shook the shit out of the Magic Eight Ball, and. I think you're right on Taiwan-China unification. I think it's going to come... I think Taiwan is, by the end of the year, 2024. They're going to have totally lost confidence in the U.S. But they might surprise me and duke it out with China, even without U.S. support. I don't know... I don't know that much about the Taiwanese people. I don't know if they're that patriotic and anti-Chinese or anti-communism, I'm not sure. But I think the U.S. is, I know a lot of guys are like, oh, it's going to be a really long, really long decline. Um, I think we're going to hit the the steep dips along the way, and I think one's probably coming this year, where we stumble, smack our face. Um, there might still be somewhat of a resemblance of a, U.S., but I think it's going to be a whole lot different. Um, I think we're going to really dip into like South Africa mode a lot faster than I thought. Personally. Yeah. Um, you know, like you're still going to go to work. Uh, there might just be like, you know, road pirates on the road and no cops to help you out. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe very few cops. And the cops that are around are probably just going to extort you anyway because they're working for the other team. Um, we're, we're already almost there, man. Like, yeah, wait, that's what I mean. The, I think this year it's really going to be like blatantly obvious. That's why I bought so much Rhodesian brush stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I just need when a name tag that says Danny Archer. Danny Archer. No, not Zimbabwe, Rhodesia. <laughs> yeah. That's the best line in the movie, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. No, it's uh but now it, talking about cops, I mean, you know, I, I had my, my diatribe on on why the, the social contract with the warrior cast is broken. Um you know, and and again, like that's all my opinion, straight from the heart. You take it or leave it. I really don't give a fuck. Please don't email me. Being like, oh, you're wrong. And here's what I don't give a fuck. 
All right. I don't care. My opinion's mine. And you know what, too? Like, I'm outside of that world now. So my opinion really doesn't mean shit anyway. So whatever. Um, anyway, because I always get that, that like, whenever I'll say something kind of spicy, like dive into that, man, I'll, I'll get one of those emails. I'm just like, or a few. I just, they, they straight to trash, man. I, you know, but, um, Anyway, it, it just it's a heat magnet for a lot of reasons, and then whatever, man. Um, but talking about cops, though, you know, I can I can say that military recruiting's down. Law enforcement recruiting is at critical levels, like critical, critical, critical levels, and the the job turnover rate is through the roof in most jurisdictions that that i'm in contact with people and i get to see the macro level numbers uh because you know before i was in c scout this was this is one of the things that i did for a living was keep track of numbers of of these of this nature of uh, these topics um so you know it, it's um it's gonna be bad i mean for example north carolina state highway patrol is critically short of troopers they they can't keep staff and so um there, there's a few places out there man that um you know you you might have one county their troopers covering another county a whole other county and so there, there's a lot of lack of enforcement that's going on and um you know that's it's it's bad news it's bad news all around um you know and and um we're, I think we're in a lot of trouble. So I think the, the South African analogy is a really good one. Uh, there's not going to be some all in, you know, encompassing world ending event that's like, oh, fuck, you know, now there's magically anarchy in the streets. Like, that's not going to happen. All right. There's always going to be some semblance of something until it gets to the point that it's so untenable that, that things start splintering off. Right. But that's all predicated on economics. A lot more to talk about in future episodes. I am going to try to get something kicked out tomorrow if I can squeeze it in. I got a real busy day and uh, looking over the store, I've got a ridiculous number of orders right now that I got to get packed up. Brushbeater.store. Training courses are up, folks. Awesome, awesome, awesome year. Here is to next year, and I will talk to all of you again very, very soon. God bless you. Thank you. Good night.